Are we recording on that end? Yes. Yeah, it's all going. Cool. It's all going good. Good. It's still going. We've been recording for three minutes, 41 seconds. Right. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> all right. The outtakes. The outtakes. <laughs> the extras. Anyway, okay, let's kick off. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that asks the titular question, Netflix or cinema, where are you going to spend your money? Which one gives you more bang for your buck? The way we go about doing this is that we watch films in the cinema, watch films in Netflix, we rate them out of five, we average them and we see which one has won the week. My name is Tosin and I am up in the Midlands and with me, joining me through the miracle of modern technology called a phone, are Sean... Yes. And Sharon. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Sorry. Sorry. How are you, Tozin? Doing good, doing good. You sounded like you weren't quite sure that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was just, I was, I was sort of looking at, I was just sort of staring at something for a minute and then I, so I lost my train of thought, but I'm, like, I'm with you now, I'm with you now. You're like, wait, that's my, that's my name. That's me. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, cool. How have you guys been doing? Yeah, it's pretty Enjoying good. Enjoying really. the sun today, haven't mm. we? Yeah, it's been a been an interesting week really yeah i've had a week off work so i have been doing you look well like you holiday. look well you look, you look great because <laughs> normally brown you're just like normally I'm yeah just... you're just like brown and you've just been working hard and yeah i'm normally just... frazzled yeah i know well usually sharon's right. just sort of like stumbled in from somebody's garden straight into the podcast yes normally yeah yeah something like that normally i mean don't get me wrong she looks she looks great but, you know she looks she looks uh sort of fresh shall we say yeah. more relaxed sure, sean, less, sean yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay you away from that now i'm gonna stay yeah, quite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> but i've had like a every day's been a holiday so i've been to london with my nephew we have been out and about with my mum today i've been having a day in my own garden so every day has been a mini holiday for me this week yeah uh, uh, for, uh, so I'm well chilled. Cool. And uh, for anybody who's listening, who might not have listened to the podcast before, who's wondering why Sharon will be coming in from somebody's garden, it's not because she's a burglar. It's because she's actually a gardener. Just I'm actually a gardener. Yeah, that, one too. <laughs> it just occurred to me now that I was like, hang on a second, wait, that that could sound weird. That that could sound really Yeah, I'm not really stealing bad. someone's ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine that you could be like the gnome thief. You could be like the gnome burglar of the thing. Isle of Wight. It's a thing. thing. Yeah. I, I think it could be the, the, the feast of the bugs, we could call it. <laughs> the feast of the bugs, because I think you get bitten on occasion. I do get you? bitten a lot. That's what's all, yeah. Yeah, so, I get bitten a lot. So, yeah. So, that's, that's the new movie. That's Sharon's movie, the Sharon, feast of the bugs. Sharon, did you just say that it's a known thing for people to steal gnomes? Yes. Really? It's a thing. Garden, we used to call them garden thefts. But yeah, hanging baskets, dattle stones, gnomes, garden ornaments, all very stealable. Mm, easy to go, I suppose. Yeah, grab them, take them, sell them on a car boot or somewhere. But yes, all that sort of thing is very, very stealable. That never showed up on Inspector Morse. No, they never do that in your <laughs> yeah, country crime <laughs> things, do they? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Wow, the things you learn. The things you learn, you see, Netflix yes. or cinema, not only do we just rant and rave about films, we also give you some education. So next time you get yourself yes. a garden gnome, chain it down. Yeah, be careful where you put it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, this week, uh, just wanted to kick off with saying something. We had people, we've had a couple of people get in touch with us. Somebody on Netflix, there was someone called Divya Movie Buff, who got in touch with us, I believe, from Australia. 
And um, wow. yeah, because Did there's I? there's a film that I think they're involved with that is just that is on Netflix called Ali's Wedding. And it seems it's like an Australia slash Iran um, co-production. And they just they just I think it's just been re released on Netflix and they just go in touch with us and said, uh, please know that this film is up. So I just thought, OK, cool. If they're going to get the time to get in touch with us. I'm going to try and watch that film and then maybe review it next yeah, week. Yeah, watch it and review it, yeah. Yeah, it's actually up. I've checked it. I've checked it. It is available in our region in the UK. And it's, uh, it's... And that's Ali's Wedding? Ali's Wedding, yeah. Yeah, we'll catch that then. <coughs> yeah. So, so thank you very much, Divya Movie Buff, for getting in touch. We will see whether we can review that for next week. And also, a friend of the show, Pete Jenkins, got in touch with us. And uh, a while back when we spoke about 8th grade... He mentioned Eighth Grade and another film called Book Smart as one of the best, as far as he's concerned, one of the best films of the year. And so we're going to have a discussion with him on this episode in which we're going to include him in it. But as we said, uh, we each week we choose films. So we try and bring three films forward from cinema and we try and bring three films forward from Netflix or other, other streaming services that might, you might have at home without having to leave the house and go to the cinema. And that means that every week we might watch more things, especially if your name is Sean. And some things, <laughs> some things might be left on the also pile. So we have to choose which three things we're going to go for. So we're going to have a little section which we're going to call also rands, which are sh shows or things or films that we've seen this week that we have not put forward into the official Netflix versus cinema context this week. So Sean, I'll let you kick off and tell us what is, what are the, quickly what are the other things you've seen this week and what would you how would you rate them? Okay, well, I've seen seen um, a few things this week. Actually, I've 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 completed watching this series. There's a Netflix series called Big Mouth. Yep. Which was, uh, and I've seen that, and I watched a movie called Eye Boy, and I think uh, we'll, I'll, I'll go a bit more in depth with the domestics. That will be part of our. That'll yeah. be your choice. Yeah, for that's, the that's your choice that's your choice for this week. Netflix. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, so I'll just give you one. Book mouth is uh, sorry. Book mouth. Book mouth. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Book mouth. There you go. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, Big Mouth is this this TV series um, or uh, Netflix series. Um, it's it's critically it's got lots of awards and it's really really. Um, it's yeah, it's animated, it. isn't it's it? Like, yeah, it's an animated se series. Um, it's basically about adolescence, you know, and and growing up, and they've all got their these little monsters called the hormone monsters, which yeah. which okay. cause them. And there's Uncle Shame, who's like, you know, turns up and he's like, ooh, what have you done? He's like, what, um, what have you done with yourself at night? Yeah, what have you done with yourself? And there's even a, even a, uh, there's even a scene with like a, like a sequence with Shame and there's a big jury and then the jury and he goes, oh, you know, what have you, it's, it's basically adolescence growing up and just discovering themselves and, and, and puberty and things. You know? Yep. And it is really, really funny. And it's, uh, you look at all the, all the reviews and everything, everybody says it's such a good show. And if it had been out when they were that age, they would have, would have been really, really good. There's obviously, you know, there's obviously dysfunctional families, but it's very, 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 very adult. But it's a really, really, really good series. Okay, so cool. So what would you give it? If, if, you're, if you're not easily offended, it's well worth a watch. And it's really, I'll give that a, a massive, massive four stars. All right, cool. And I boy. So that's four. That's an I boy. Okay, I boy. This is a. Uh, um, Sort of 2017 Netflix. I just happened to be. I thought I'd check it out. Uh, it's about a um, a lad who gets a bit of a mobile phone stuck in his brain, and after an operation, and he can do he's like a comes like a bit of a superhero. He can tap okay. tap into lots of uh, you know. He can tap into phones. He can make make people's 
phones have a text message because there's a bit where he's going to get beaten up and he sends a text message says oh it's not me you're after and they all like oh who's who's who is it who is it so and um so that for me would probably be um i had a few issues with it but it's well worth a watch so a good three stars for that one Oh wow! Sorry. I'm just uh, I'm just looking at it up now. So it's actually a British film starring Maisie it's a Williams. Film, yeah. yeah, Maisie Williams is in this oh, from right. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so she, she's gone through a bit of a trauma, um, and he sort of finds he, he can read people's minds and he can cause you know anything. He can tap into anything electrical, and it's it's uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 okay. It's worth a watch, you know, if you like those type of films. Uh, but yeah, so. Okay, so yeah, that, because that, that gets a three star. Yeah, I was just yeah. lo- looking at I'm, the stuff on Netflix. I was looking at this looks like a nailed on three star movie if I ever saw one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 worth a watch. All so right, that's a three star. Three yeah, star. So okay. it's not that bad. It's okay. three star. So all right, get so that and then yep, and that's it. So what about you, Tozin? What have you, Sherry? Seen? You 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 don't have any also rounds, do you? I've only got one also around, which is, I think, I saw it on BBC, so it's not technically within our remit, but it will probably be appearing on Netflix or one of the streaming channels soon. And that is the series Ghosts, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And it's briefly about this London couple who unexpectedly inherit a big, big, big country house. Mm -hmm. And they get there and it is basically inhabited already by a whole gang of ghosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they can't see them. And then one day she has an accident where basically one of the ghosts pushes her out of a window. <laughs> it's quite funny. And um, she wakes up and then she can see ghosts. Oh, and wow. she then starts interacting with the ghosts who live in her house. How many stars and it is reckon? very, very funny. I really enjoyed it. And I don't like comedies normally. But because it was British and it reminded me a little bit of Detectorists in that it was slightly, you know, off kilter. Yep. And it just appealed to the ridiculousness of me. So I would give that a four stars. And I would say if you can check out Ghosts, do. Because well, it is cool. genuinely funny. Right, cool. This is that's my only also ran. And this is all the stuff in the also ran. We have a we have an awesome also ran column. Imagine what we're going to have in the <laughs> actual films that we put forward this week. But, okay, so for me, also rans. I've got Samurai Jack season five, and I love this show, Samurai Jack. It's animated, but Sean, I think you quite like it. It sort of goes into. It's almost kind of like a. It's like a fusion of a sort of black exploitation slash you know bushido type movie all that kind of stuff what's it called again samurai jack samurai, samurai jack, jack. Yeah, this is uh this is on all four the channel four thing and but i i actually really want to talk about this on another episode i'm hoping that maybe i won't watch anything this week and i'll just bring it back next week and also a series called dead to me on netflix which i also still i do want to talk about on a from on a on another episode so maybe that's me for the next two weeks but yeah but <laughs> well, i might try and catch that out what's what What's that on BBC? Uh, Samurai no, Jack. Samurai Jack is on Channel 4. It's on the... So, Channel 4? So all4.com. You should get on them all four. Yeah. And is it a series? You've seen all of them, have you? Yeah, I've seen all of them. I've seen all five seasons. Ooh. And it's, it's, it's just... I mean, the action is some of the best action and some of the frames of this animated thing could be pieces of art that you hang on a wall. But it's... Uh, it's I really, really love it. And um, Dead to Me, I saw on Netflix, which is Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, who, as I said last week, I love, and I would watch in almost anything... It's a good season. It's a, it's a good series. I don't think I would come back for season two, but um, I would give that a uh, four out of five. All right, cool. And now we get into the real meat, the real meat of this week. And to kick off, we're going to start, we're going to talk about Rocket Man. And this is a film that is out in cinemas at the moment. It is, you, you might recognize the name Rocket Man as a very, very famous song by Elton John. And that is because, Sharon, why is that? Because this is a film about... 
Elton John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, it's yes, it's part <coughs> fantasy, part musical, part biopic. Basically, taking you from Elton John's childhood as Reg Dwight through his adolescence as he starts to explore his creative side where he wants to perform music but he doesn't know quite how or through what medium and then through his meeting up with Bernie Topin who he becomes a long-term collaborator with writing. Bernie wrote the words and Nowton wrote the music to a lot of their then hit songs and then it takes you through his life um, to his sort of I'm still standing days through his addictions and his traumas and yeah to his spell in the betty ford clinic <laughs> so it's yeah part fantasy part musical part biopic but you saw this as well this week didn't you tazen yes i yes i did see this i saw um i saw this and that's pretty much a really really good uh synopsis of it because because i think this is a film that was directed by dexter fletcher who famously stepped in to help finish um, help them finish making bohemian rhapsody which was another film about uh, about a seventies musical icon who uh, also happened to be gay and all that kind of stuff. So I think it was it was it had a lot of comparisons to um, to Bohemian Rhapsody. Bo rap. Yeah, mm. but as you said, it, it is a bit different in that this this film decides to become a musical, and it's essentially Elton John's story, but through his songs, and. But Dexter Fletcher has previous with this because he directed um, Sunshine on Leith. Sunshine on Leith. Yeah, a film that I know that we both like. Yeah, I love that film. Yeah, yeah. So he directed Sunshine on Leith, and so he kicks off with this whole thing, and you it kicks off with Elton John in um, in rehab in the Betty Ford Clinic, as you said. So it starts off with him in rehab, and as you then the film as it goes forward, it goes he he's telling his story as to how he's ended up in rehab, and the. The, at the beginning, I remember the first musical number that kicks off, and I was like, oh, oh, I think I might like this, because I, I think that when you're trying to make a musical film nowadays, it's a bit, diff it's a bit difficult, because you, you have the heyday of the musical, where there was a certain look to it, and when you try to make a modern musical, it's a, bit, it's a bit difficult, because you don't, there's that sort of like magic or escapism that you don't quite get. And I think that the first musical number, the way they do it when he's a kid, and I think they're singing the song, The Bitch is Back or something, and yeah. the way it happens where they open up these doors and it goes from the way it transitions from the from the rehab room into his childhood. I'm like, oh, oh, OK, that is that is actually kind of magical. That is kind of magical. And, it, and I, I, I thought I was going to be in for I don't feel I feel like the film doesn't keep it up. And later on in the film, I find myself wondering, uh, hang on a second what's the point what 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 are we saying uh, we're not doing we're not saying anything different or anything like that uh, uh yeah there, there were just bits after a while it's, i think it just started ticking all the sort of biopic boxes which and i'm guessing like with music biopics if i think drugs are, are probably a really really big problem for the music industry because every music biopic goes through the same structure somebody's young writes a couple of songs, starts getting famous, gets into drugs, it all goes crazy. And then if they're lucky, they sort themselves out and then they go clean at the end. That, that, yes, that, that's, it. Yeah. that's it. That takes me back to like the, the old 70s film, That'll Be The Day. I mean, yeah. I know it's based on Jim McLean and the Stray Guys. It's not based on anyone in particular, but that's exactly how that sort of ends up. Yeah. And there was even a sequel, Stardust, where, yeah. you know, I remember... Filmed on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, so, I mean, they do tend to... to 
be that's a, another film um, with Hazel Breaking Glass with Hazel yeah, O'Connor. Hazel that O'Connor. was you know she in the 80s. she's yeah in the eighties. So every that's where it seems to be with yeah with like even, the, even say, the, the, the Ray the, Charles the, biopic Ray same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's like pop music or rock music, that seems to be the way they go. Yeah, they it's get not dragged like the sweet into old this seven world. Of, no, no, that, you know the old style sort of musicals. Yes, and even it's not like Sunshine on Leith, which is basically a. I've not seen a quite straightforward story. Really, it has its ups and downs, but it is a, a more mm. musical in there. But the the musical biopic is its own sort of beast yeah. of a different color. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah, so but this is all mixes a bit of all of them. I think it adds that whole where they are bursting into song and then they're you know they are yeah for in sure. set singing yeah. rather than just performing a music video or performing on stage. They are there's like the, the invisible fourth wall where they are singing to us. Yeah, and that's interspersed with the performances and with the the scenes where they're singing in studios and things. So you get these scenes of the musical numbers interspersed with some of the others, and it doesn't. It works on some occasions, and it works yeah. less well. Yeah, I agree. In others, I agree with that. Like, I think, for instance, there's a scene earlier where they they perform "I Want Love," which is uh, yes, which is a it's a new it's one of the newer Elton John songs. It has a video, it has Robert Downey Jr. walking around. Yes, it's quite. I regard that as his later Elton John. Yeah, I late, think rather than seventies Elton John or sixties Elton John. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's nineties Elton John. Even maybe even yes, 90s. it's much later. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. But they sing it. They they perform that song quite early on in his when he's still a kid, and it's his, like his whole family. And I think that one actually works quite well because the whole thing is couched in the terms of Elton John has just been searching for love his whole life. That's that's kind of and because he was quite involved in this film, I think uh, it seems to be that that's the, the what they're trying to say is. With him trying to figure out his sexuality, trying to figure out um what he's going to be, and he had all things that were said to him when he was a kid that fueled him. Yeah, and the relationships with his mum and dad and his yeah. nan, how yeah. he has these sort of they're, they're not difficult relationships, and so well, some of them are, but how he's doesn't really quite know his place, does he? Yeah. His, his yeah. relationships with all of them are slightly strained yeah. in different ways. Yeah, and he and his um and, and especially with his dad. And it's so, it's, and everything that he does is kind of like him trying to find out who he is. Uh, and it, so there were bits of it that I thought were going somewhere new. We're going to show you something different. And I guess with a musical, with a musical biopic, it it's kind of it's probably the only musical I know where you see people liberally snorting cocaine, Scarface style. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think with that, it is it is trying to go for okay. Look, we are being a bit more. Uh, we're, we're going to be a bit more truthful about the life this this guy led. Uh, but after a while, I feel like it, it almost becomes a bit Sunday afternoon moral story. Like, ooh, don't do, yeah. dr- don't do drugs, kids, because look how bad your life gets, which is a very, and, very valid yeah. message. But it, it just feels a bit like, yeah, but we've kind of heard that before. <laughs> yeah, in some ways I found, because Out and John was so closely involved in it, there's some glaring omissions, I thought, about in the story and um, some of the relationships that have been... That were quite important, but he's had these feuds with people, hasn't he? It's quite famous that he does feud with people, yes, and that yes. they're not even mentioned in any of the, in the oh. film at all. Oh, like who? Like um, people like the Who and Rod, uh, Rod Stewart, and other sort of singers who came up at the same time, who he, well, they were pals with and collaborated with, but he had these feuds with them, so he doesn't have anything to do with them anymore. Yeah. I, so I, I just thought, apart from singing, maybe singing um, Pinball Wizard, there's yeah. no mention of the film Tommy or his acting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found that a bit weird because when they started singing Pinball Wizard, I was like, isn't this a Who song? 
<laughs> yeah, and it came from that whole Quadrophenia rock thing. opera. Yeah, yeah, and it was the whole the the who inspired it, and yet it's Sunny. It's like you don't mention Tommy at all, <laughs> yeah, uh, or the fact that he acted in the film. I actually find it really weird that no other musical act, apart from Kiki D, is mentioned in the entire film. Yeah. It's, it's just he's in a bubble on his own. Yeah, it's like he's in a bubble. And I guess because the the film, the, the way they get away with the uh, musical thing is that it's essentially Elton John telling his story. So it's how he sees his life. So I can imagine that it would be like, I mean, this is a man who had a documentary made about him called Tantums and Tiaras. So I can imagine yes. that he sees his life as a very sort of like fantastical thing. And he, he paints it in all these big, wonderful, vivid colors. So I think it kind of works that way. But I think after a while, it just, it becomes a bit samey. And it just sort of like, it gets watered down, and I would give it a yeah. three. I'll give it a three out of five. Yeah, for me, it came down to I think essentially is um, how likable you find Alton John, and I personally find for me he lacks that likability factor. Mm-hmm. So after a while, I found it was interesting but not engaging. So again, I would give it a three. I was like thinking, yeah, the music's okay, but I don't. I'm not a fan. Um, the staging was good, the costumes were good, but again, I wasn't quite entirely convinced by Taron Edgerton. I thought he's, in some ways he's just a little bit too good looking. Yeah, right. and he's a little bit too likable. <laughs> that's, because that's, that's the point. I mean, I don't. Because I mean, Elton John, I don't think he's he. You say about the tiaras and the tantrums, and they have this little bit at the end, which I was a bit weird. You know, oh, he's raised four hundred fifty million for AIDS charities. Yes, and he's yes. Happily married with all these ba- and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, to me, it didn't work. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I, the, the I, bit at the end, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't sure what they were going for with that. I really wasn't sure what they were going for with that, yeah. Yeah, I just thought, oh, so he's, yeah, he's this lovely guy and it was all happy ever after. Really not believing it. Um, and the fact that they didn't mention, like, they didn't involve Candle in the Wind or any of that, so whole Diana debacle stuff. So to me, it didn't terribly work as a biopic or didn't terribly work well as a musical. Yeah, so I, I would give it a three. I, I um, It's not something that I would rush out to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen that bow rap yet either. I haven't really seen I think that yeah. worked a lot better. So, all right, three stars. So, well, yeah, I'm not going to rush to see it. No. Yeah, I, I think it's funny because I think I gave them both three stars, but I would watch Rocket Man again before I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, you would watch okay. Rocket Man first, yeah? Yeah. yeah. yeah all right, okay. Yeah, you because it, it's way, funny. Sharon. I would be the other way. It's funny how you, it's funny how you said that about. Um, it's funny how you said that about Tarrant Edgerton being too good looking. I actually thought they they did a very good job. But there were some scenes in which I thought, hang on. Is that actually Elton John? They did a really good job in, <laughs> in, in, um, in making him look like Elton John. I think, um, and I think they did a really good job of making him look... He didn't look showbiz compared to, like, for instance, like Bernie, Bernie Taupin, who play, is played by Jamie Bell in the film. Yeah. People actually referred to him as the good-looking one. And yes. I, think, I think that they did a good job of showing, like, Elton John was not... He's not your, he's not your, your typical pop star-looking person. Yeah, I think they got Taron, I think, to put on a bit of weight because I think he looked a little bit, you know, sort of chubby in places. Yeah, and shave his and head. I think, yeah, so, but even so, his bone structure, I thought, yeah, you've got, your bone structure is still there. <laughs> you've got that symmetry. He's got that symmetry that I think just sounds on lacks. So, uh, to me, it, well, I wasn't entirely convinced. Although there were some bits where I feel, I feel like Taron Edgerton is in danger of becoming the the greatest gurner in movies at the yeah. moment there's one particular <laughs> yeah. scene there's one particular scene. i think you know the one i'm talking about outside the royal albert hall when he's on the phone to his mum, and i'm like yes i'm like what's with all the gurning <laughs> what's with all? i mean it's like i think he pulls some of the ticks that he pulls with when he played eddie the eagle and i was like 
Yeah. Why is your face doing that? And it's, but Sean, if you see it, I think it, it's, it's going to be one of those, that's one of those scenes that Sean will hate and talk about for years. If you see it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be, cool. But anyway. Right, three stars. Three, three stars. Yeah. Okay, yeah, moving on, moving on. So that's moving now, on. kicking off from Mississippi. And now we're going to go over to um, the world of TV or the world of Netflix and its friends. So we're going to talk about Game of Thrones season eight because this has finally finished. It is still available on Now TV or Sky Atlantic or anything like that. And Game of Thrones, we've spoken a little bit about season eight on previous things. Sharon, you, you said about how you boycotted the TV series because George Yeah, R. I saw the final episode just to say I'd seen the final episode. Okay, so you see the poor, final episode. Poor thing. <laughs> you saw probably the, one of the worst episodes of the whole whole the whole okay. whatever ten years it's been. Okay, okay. So Sean, Sean, you kick off. What do you what did you think oh, of Game of Thrones season? Oh eight? man, I hated it. I hated it. It was it was absolutely disgusting. What a disgusting, disgusting. All that all that time I've invested in that to be given this nonsense final season. Absolutely disgusted with it. I was totally right from the very first from the Battle of Winterfell. It was it was like. These guys are supposed to be, you know, they've been in battles. They're supposed to be, you know, all the strategies, what to do, what to do that. They're fighting these, like, whites. shall we say, whites. Okay. And it's the most, the most ridiculous battle plan ever. They've got all their best troops out in front. They got. It's just like, what are you doing? Why would you, why would you do that? It was, it was absolutely, absolutely. So you can imagine from that part, from that part, when they sent the best troops, I'm like, so that because that does it for me, Sharon. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. We're, 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 uh, I will say this: that if this seems a bit vague, we're going to be trying as much as possible to not give spoilers. Not to give spoilers. Not, that's not to it, give spoilers that's for it. anybody who has not seen it yet. But yeah. uh, but well, I know, I get, but Sean and I know we've spoken at length about the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so that's the ones out of the way, right? It's it's just you can to me even so I'm really angry. <laughs> to me, even the, the the characters don't look like they're just going through the motions. It's like, oh, let's get this rushed. Let's just rush it. Let's come up with some good stuff. You know, we spent all this time being really, really good. Let's just get it done. Let's well, get I it think done. The, let's get out of the way. One know? of the problems with this final season is it's just not been written by George R. R. Martin. Wow. He's. I think he gave them an outline of what he how he intended to finish, but he hasn't finished the last two books. So as far as I'm concerned, anything after season four is just made up. I know. I know. So I've said this before because I have. I was following the books, and I believe you know that he's completely sold out the readers because you know there's no reason why he's needed to hold back Winds of Winter for this long, and it could have been released, and then I think people would have had a better grounding for the final season because you you see it's called the Song of Ice and Fire, so you see this final battle between the 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 whites from the north. And then you've got the the fire, the dragon, the, the the Targaryens, you know, the sort of dragon queen from from the east meeting the forces of ice from the west and the north. So you think it should have been this epic clash of the two cultures, and yet it turns into this. To me, it just sort of fizzled all out at the end. It was okay. yeah. It I mean, was, I'm not. It was dark. You know, the, the episode was dark. You could see what was going on. It was all mixed up. It was just. It, it was a, a absolute. Well, it's all about the, the sort of how they've built up these characters, and this final season is how it's been like a game of chess. Yeah, I think they've all good. been put in their different positions, and then this is like the final confrontations between all of them. Yeah, and I think in some ways that the people's I mean, some people are going to know that certain characters have died. I'm not going to say who. Yeah, but I think some of the deaths were. You think we've, people have followed these characters for nine or ten years, and yet their death is over in five minutes, and it's like, oh, that's it then. I'm just looking at rating reviews on yeah. on 
the, the different episodes of this one. And it's just like the last episode. It goes episode down, and like down and down and down, doesn't 4. it? 4.3. 4.3. <laughs> 4. So, okay. What they I do mean, with some of the deaths of some characters, I think, in such a casual way, you're thinking... Well, the bits I would it? like yeah. to see is yeah, yeah, the phenomenon. They, they, they could have spent... Come They could have spent... They could have spent... When you got, like... You got... The last episode, you got... All, there's loads of major characters that you see for, like, a three minute. seconds at the yeah. end. Probably a little bit longer, but... That's what it felt like. Let toes have... Come Sorry, on, toes. Come, toes. On, Come on, toes. Go on. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, okay, what I will say... What I will say is I think my biggest criticism that I'll put towards it is that I think... Um, I think, Sean, you've alluded to it. It was quite rushed. That is, that is, yeah. the, that is the biggest thing I've got to look to. Like for, there's, there's battles in the final season in which I would look at it and I would say if this had been in a, se- in a previous uh, season of Game of Thrones that battle would have lasted two episodes. And it's yeah. like, for instance, if I think about... So if I think about the Battle of Winterfell, for instance, right? I think that mm-hmm. th- there is a definite point in the Battle of Winterfell which I'm like, that's the end of the first episode and now come back next week to see actually what happens. And th- yeah. th- there's a definite point I'm like, that should have been the end of the first episode. So my, my criticism about it is that it was a bit rushed. They did move things forward, like... Uh, I, I, and I think it's it, uh, what Sharon said at the point where they overtook the books, they started moving. And I don't know why they did it because if it was that they were only being given a certain amount of money and then they had to, I can understand it because I feel like, quite frankly, for me, from a storytelling perspective, I think every single character beat rings true. So I know there's a bit in episode uh, in the second to last episode. So that's episode episode five. There's a, there's a major development that happens in episode five with one of the major characters that people are like, oh my God, no, that's totally not like that character. That character wouldn't do that. And I actually totally, mm, dis- yeah. I, I totally disagree. I think that character is exactly, that's what, that's what that character has been since day one. And it's only because there've been other characters around this, this particular character that have stopped them showing this. And once you got rid of all those other characters, that came out. And as far as I'm concerned, that was totally what that character would, has been wanting to do from the first moment. So, I don't agree with everybody who's like, oh, no, that's totally out of character. I'm like, no, that is exactly... I know exact- what you mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. That I'm- character, yes. Yeah. You can see it building up from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. From the beginning. I'm it's, like, all, it's always been there. I'm like, I'm like, that character's had a sadistic streak from day one. Some of the things that they've done in, in like, even in season one, you look back and you go, oh, my God, this is not somebody that you want to be... Like this is not somebody that you should be rooting for, but everybody was rooting for that for this person, and so I personally don't. I, so I liked it. I liked season eight, but I, my my biggest oh, toes in toes yeah. in. You're. So, I <laughs> no, cannot I, believe no, you. I, I like season, I like season eight. My 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 okay, my how? biggest criticism of it is that it was rushed. Now, if they had taken if they if it had been like double the length, for instance, they'd taken more time to show the because I've I've thought through it and I've thought like. I think that there's a whole bunch of deleted scenes out there that link a whole bunch of different things together that tell you why X, Y, Z happens. But they've kind of like... I mean, I'll... But, but yeah. they've, they've, kind of, I'll, they've kind of jumped from X to Z without giving you the Y. So it's... Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, why, that's why I think that it, it feels rushed, it feels jumped, it feels, it feels like in some ways incomplete. But overall, I liked it. Well... Uh, you disappointed me there, Tony. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I wanted to see some more interaction between some of the characters. Uh, not, I mean, yeah. I, I do like the action, but there was some. 
it was just done all so conveniently. You know, I'd have seen certain characters confronting each other a little bit longer. So, I would have liked to have seen more about Yara, but they just all turn up at the the, the, the end. And I'm like, well, but that is no, like, but well, sure, straight from but the sure, very straight from the sure each the, episode. Yeah, but the thing is that if there was, I think it would, I think it would have been even more convenient for these people to have longer confrontations. It's like, like for instance, like you know what you were talking, you know what you were saying about the deaths, Sharon, about yes. or, like you know long characters you've been going after for a long time, giving them a big death and all. And I, I actually, I think giving them a big death and making a big show of it, I feel like that would have been a betrayal of the Game of Thrones thing, which is that anybody can die at any time. And not everybody, and not everybody gets gets like you know uh, an honourable no, death. Heroic death. It's stupid. Even, even, if, even if we think okay, about, I can't give spoilers, but okay. cer- certain character would have just been boom, you know, and he, he wouldn't have. It's like yeah. So I mean, yeah, but there's, there's, absolutely, I, absolutely stupid. If I go back, if I go back to season one, and I'm going to give a spoiler for season one that everybody knows anyway. If we look at the death of Ned Stark, for instance. Death of Ned mm-hmm. Stark. That is that is pretty unceremonious. It's pretty. And when you think about all the deaths, yeah. they're, they're pretty unceremonious. It's just because that now we've had eight years. People people feel like they deserve to have like a big death. But I think it's actually a very true to Westeros thing that the death. Well, someone, someone. Well, if that's the case, Tozin, and it, and it could have been a quick one. There is someone that that wouldn't have survived. I just, I, I totally, totally. Oh no, no, think. I, no! I agree with you. There's, there's you, one. You know, he there's would one, have been. There's bang, one. There's, there's one particular character that in the Battle of Winterfall, yeah. I, I thought he was dead like three times. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, and I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Winterfell. I'm talking about the, in the last episode. All right. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I can't because it'd be I, a spoiler. But I, it just, I, yeah, it, it, I, there's no way. There's no I, way I think, he survived. I, I think I know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, you do. I think I know what you do. And that really, that was like at the end. I was thinking. You come on! That is just awfully awful script writing. And this this epi- this series for me, I'm really really sorry. I I really really don't like it. I've I've loved every other episode, every other season. I think have been absolutely. This one fell down with a great big bang. Okay, so how many? So how many stars would you give it, Sean? Oh, wow! Well, final have, season. I'd have to have a think of that one. I probably <laughs> because right from the that's of the episode. So you got. Um, you know, so let's have a look. So bearing, bearing, in mind, bearing, bearing in mind that we're running out of time rapidly here. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to give it a two. Okay, cool. I'm gonna two gi- star. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I- I'm going to give it a four because... Uh, I'm angry about it. It's a pathetic <laughs> load of twaddle. I was, no, I was really cross it when I got to the point of where it departed from the book so dramatically that I vowed that I couldn't watch it anymore. So I feel your pain. <laughs> but I felt it four seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> Like a lot of the book readers, it's like you betrayed us a long time ago. Now you're finally is... knowing how we feel. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. I, I, this is this is the funny thing about Game of Thrones. I think it's gone past the point of storytelling. It's going, it's going almost to the point of I think everybody has some sort of entitlement, and everybody has this yeah. kind of thing of how they feel this thing should go. There's people who think it should go with the books. There's people who think that person should be on the Iron Throne. There's people who think X, Y, Z. I am more of the Okay, tell me a story and let me see what happens. And with, as I said, I think it was rushed. I think that there's a couple of places where they've turned over two pages at once and because they're trying to get to the end. And I don't understand why they were trying to get to the end so quickly. 
But um, but I, as I said, I liked it. I li I like the story that they told. And and to be honest with you, in the fact that they ended, it, and not everybody is happy with the ending of what happened or who ends up on the Iron Throne or who, what the di different faces of the different characters are. I think that that's just classic Game of Thrones. I think that's yeah. But I I wasn't interested in that. I wasn't interested in that. It's it's the stupid stuff that goes on in between all that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can give, give a monkeys about who was on it. I just wanted the <laughs> things to be sort of. You know if, you'd read, if you'd read the books, it's all laid out in the first episode, yeah. in the first book, because a couple of the characters have these prophetic dreams, mm. and he's always said it's all there. You've just got to decode it, and so a lot of people have been trying to decode the whole thing since the very beginning. Yeah. So if you read back the first book, you'll probably find it's all in there. Yeah, I, I find that. Yeah, my wife's watching a whole bunch of uh, Game of Thrones videos or Game of Thrones explainer videos or history videos on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And people are going deep into it. I don't really care that much. But she should I... go to the she should go to the website Westeros. It's all there. <laughs> Westeros is the place to look. I used to be a member of Westeros until I gave up. Okay, cool. You see, now I hope that she never hears this because it's this Game of Thrones thing is bad enough already. But <laughs> her Game of Thrones obsession is bad enough already. All right. Anyway, let, let's let's leave that. Let's leave that as it may or to what it is. And now we're going to go back to cinema and we're going to talk about Godzilla, King of Monsters. Sean, the film that you have been talking about for a while and you said that this is a film that you were looking, I think you said even probably more than Endgame, you were most looking forward yeah. to this year. Which I always yep. think is a, I always think, especially with you, I always think is a bad idea because you're just setting yourself up for a fall. <laughs> yeah. you, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just setting yourself. Totally, totally a bad idea, man. Yeah, setting yourself up um, for a fall. And, and with this film, I remember telling you before you saw it, when you were talking about how, uh, how much you were looking forward to it, I said, I think the humans are going to ruin this film because they're going to keep trying to come back to the humans and tell us about the humans when all we want to see is giant kaiju fight. So. What did so? Was I right? Were you wrong? <laughs> you more or less summed it up, Toast. You more or less summed it up, my Because I haven't this seen was, this one okay. yet. Yeah. Uh, major, major disappointment. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry. I was, I was, I was so up for this I movie. I saw you five minutes before you went in, and you were all three of you who went in were <laughs> popping with excitement. We were popping with excitement. You were, you were throbbing with it. <laughs> and when we come out, all except for one, we were, we were grumbling. <laughs> We were grumbling with not so much. Yeah, you're exactly right, Tozin. It is, um, you want to see a monster movie. You want to see monsters. You want to see monsters, yeah. And you yeah. do see monsters. And the actual, the actual, when you do see the monsters, yep. it's great. It's yep. great. It's really, really good. Basically, they don't need much of the story. I suppose with the human story, they're trying to be like, I mean, they're, they're trying to give you something. They're trying to give you something to follow. It's like, oh yeah, identify with this human character because imagine what would you do if, like, you know, giant monsters came outside fighting in your city. This is the person who's supposed to represent you. And quite frankly, I'm like, look, we don't care. <laughs> and and uh, we we don't care. And and all the people look like they're just reading from cue cards. You know what I mean? The acting's just blooming awful. This is follow on from the first film. Yeah, do you have to 2014 know? Was absolutely... Do you have to know what the first film was about? Because I can't really remember other than Godzilla running around. I, I I've seen that about four or five times. Okay. I really really love the 2014 Godzilla. Yeah, I Godzilla. Love it. Godzilla. Yeah. I really really I thought that was class. It was just the right amount of time. You know, you had the the the, the human element, you had the characters, all the stuff like that, and then you had the big fight. Well, in this, most of the... Oh, and, oh, Tozen, Tozen. Are you going to cry? Are you going to cry? No, I'm going to say no, that there I, are I some things I... in this. There are some things in this that I am like... You know, like how I moaned about War for Planet of the Apes? Yes, You know, yes, and I was yes. saying all the ridiculous stuff. Yeah. yeah. There is ridiculous stuff. <laughs> and there is ridiculous cliches. And there are bits where about four times where you think, 
oh, you know, something's going to happen, and then something else happens, and you think, you absolutely know, you're thinking, oh, no, why is this? And, and it's, it's pathetic. It's the, 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 the human... I've had a bad time this week, I'm like... The, the, um, the, the acting's awful. The, you know, the, the acting's awful, and when there is a fight, when there's a lovely, lovely action scene, why, oh, why are they keep cutting to the human characters? Yep. You see, like... Yep. five six seconds of like a clash of them Can't and then it goes to his other one going ah, and all calling out and all being all soppy and all that and everything there's so many so many things that were oh that's convenient isn't it look at that <laughs> someone's turned up at just the right time it just so happens you have to be there at this right time and this person yeah, and, all that, and all those people have gone out the room so this thing can happen you know what i mean and it's just like absolutely lazy pathetic horrid uh-oh but the monster scenes are they, they, they kaiju cool. the kaijus are pretty cool and I did yeah. but I just wanted to see more of it basically so, so if you got the edited I, version you could do what I do yeah. sometimes when I watch a program I don't really like Slap I fast on. forward mm. on like double speed and then yeah. I stop it when I want to hear what they're That's saying it. and you've got you know pathetic people wandering around oh, yeah. it should be <laughs> you know you know like let's just say in some things it's like you know how on earth would you survive that? You know what I mean? You just happen to be lucky enough in the right place. Like that falling like, boulder just yeah. missed you by an inch. And, and all the major characters, nothing really happens to them, except one who like, decides he's going to save the world. But anyway, um, yeah, no, it is it is amazing. This is like huge, huge disappointment. I was even okay. ready to go see this at IMAX. Oh, yes. good Lord. No, man. Why? Why would so, you? So that is, that is, I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to bother. All right. All right. Okay, sure. Um, yeah. Well done for getting through that. I actually thought you were going to get to the point where you get so livid that you stop making full sentences. I was, I was livid. <laughs> I, it was like in it was like in War for Planet of the Apes. I started to have to sit in my seat and cross my legs and like you know what I mean. Oh, get all that yeah. just all squirming going, all over the place. I even started. I think at one time I said, "Oh, that is pathetic. That is." I, I think I even got that angry about it. You know what I mean? I was like hopping You're in my seat. Heckling the screen. Heckling the screen. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So now this is the first time that some of okay, so Godzilla has left Japanese screens and gone into Hollywood before and um but this is the first time that i think king Ghidorah, mothra and rodan show up in a sort of western film is this mm-hmm. okay forgetting about all the human stuff because i already predicted that, that was going to ruin the film and that was just going to be rubbish mothra rodan king Ghidorah, when they show up on screen do they do them justice Ghidorah, i like Ghidorah. yep uh, i don't think they did quite as good a job on rodan Yep, Mothra's beautiful. Yeah, Mothra's beautiful. Godzilla's cool, um, and a couple of the other ones that you sort of just pop up, just, just play like bit bit parts, you know. Yeah. Um, so I I don't think it's it's not half as good as the the, the twenty fourteen Godzilla. Yeah. Does this yeah. tie in with Skull Island? Is it, it does, part it of does, the yeah. same? And and that's referenced thingy. to a lot through the movie. Oh, okay. That's referenced to a lot. I mean, I like the idea of Monarch, and 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 I do like all that ideas, but. I mean, in this, you've got the people explaining stuff, and everything's all convenient for yes, them. You know what I mean? They yeah. just happen to have oh, the right, the right stuff will come up. Oh, look, yeah. oh, look, that's just miraculously appeared just the right time. Just when I yeah. need I'll tell you, right those people have those people have arrived. Like you know, Batman with his utility belt. It yeah. just happens to have oh, the dear, right thing on of, it. There's a bit of fret and violence. Oh, something convenient. Oh, happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, jolly good, jolly good, okay. very nice, very well, nice and convenient. Sure, sure. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. No, it's all right, mate. I know. I do appreciate that, Tozer. I'm, and I'm sorry too, mate. I am because I was I was really up for this one. This was my going to be my film of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's been my 
my dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, I just, I just thought. I mean, once I saw that, I saw the last trailer, and I thought oh, they're putting way too much story into this thing. Hang on, I recognize yeah. that guy. I recognize. I've recognized quite a few. I've recognized about ten actors in this trailer. This is going to be bad because they're going to get. They were going to want to give them all screen time, and it's not going to be. So, do you think you're going to come back for Kong versus Godzilla? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I should. I should. I should. I mean, I, I, I still. I mean, I really liked Skull Island. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, what, what else would you want? Like a, a Vietnam era, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. an apocalypse, a, a monster Running, apocalypse now. You big know? monsters. Yeah. So what's not to like about that? Okay, Skull um, Island. Skull Island. I th- I thought the same. I was like, every time Kong was on screen, majestic, but they kept cutting back to the yeah, humans, seriously. and I didn't care about the humans. So <laughs> that's <laughs> it. You've got no investment in the characters in the film at all. You know, they're all like awful. Yeah, it's they not... should have all been they should have all been crushed. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It, it is like it's it's not like the original King Kong where they give you a reason for the humans to be there, like Fay no. Ray and the relationship between Fay Ray or whoever plays that character in all the, any of the subsequent versions and Kong is is wonderful and it gives you a reason. But uh, in a, in a Godzilla movie, the humans are rubbish. So anyway, how many stars would you give that? Well. I can't be too harsh. I mean, the, if if all the human bits was cut out and you had the the, the clash of the the, the titans, which yep. is what they what they called anyway. Um, I, 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 the most I'm going to give it is a three. I've got to give it a three just purely because I for the monsters. But okay, cool. You know that that, that could all be cut out. All cut right. all the human stuff out and let's just see a big fight. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't agree I, more. I, 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 yeah. That, um, you know, I mean, Rampage. I loved Rampage. Rampage was great. Yeah, uh, actually, because you know, in this film, right? In this film, they keep talking about how in in all the in all the build up to it, they're talking about how oh, this is their world. They used to be in this world before we showed up. So uh, um, all these monsters have been around before humans actually showed up on the Earth. And I actually want to see a film set then before humans showed up and what these monsters were getting up to and how they were fighting. That's the film I want to see. I don't care about humans coming in and messing things up, but anyway, never mind. Let's get now. Let's let's move on to net, uh, back to Netflix because we're running out. Of, because you guys have to get to a film quiz, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys have to get to film quiz, and we have fifteen minutes. We have fifteen minutes to talk about three films. But, okay. <laughs> so we're gonna go to back to cracking? Netflix and um, uh, Sharon Revolt. Yes, this is. I won't take me long to review. This is your basic. <laughs> en- this is a good week. <laughs> an alien invasion film um, set in sort of somewhere in Africa. I believe it's Kenya, um, but it's um, this. A US soldier wakes up having been injured in a, a battle with this invading alien forces, and he wakes up locked in a cell next to a French doctor, and they're under attack by these big robotic creaturey things that are the, the vanguard of an alien invasion and they have to avoid these sort of militia type people who are after their own ends yeah. <laughs> and it's a bit of a confusing mess a lot of fighting shouting screaming shooting robots stamping around and a forgettable ending so i would say it was uh Okay. <laughs> cool. and what sort of what's the action like? Is it like good action or is it just like a bit? They had there. Um, it was a bit dumb. <laughs> and there was this. He's got sort of like tattoos. He doesn't understand what the tattoo means, and then he 
again, he like sees a sign. It's like, oh, it's a sign. Oh, and it's my tattoo. And oh, and it's the answer to everything. <laughs> and then mind. to me, I was just thinking, it's it's largely forgettable. I mean, in the weeks that I've seen it, I'm trying to think, how did it end? <laughs> I did, I did, I did, I did. It's only been a week. I, I did actually, that was one of the ones that I was sort of looked at. And I thought, mm, I'm not sure if I was going to. So I don't mind a bit of, you know, sort of, because I think Battle Los Angeles, even though it was panned when it first came out, is actually a watchable film. It's actually got something going for it. And I thought, well, if it's a Battle Los Angeles, but battle, you know, Kenya, battle, wherever, I'll give it a go. So I was prepared to give it the benefit of the doubt. And it was a bit rubbish, really. (laughs) So sorry, I'm still laughing about, I think that's my great, my favourite favorite review I've ever heard. It's like, I'll say it was good. <laughs> I think that's still my fav- favorite review of anything I've ever heard, Sharon. That's awesome. So, <laughs> so okay. But, so with this, I'm we just... We don't like, give half points, do we? No. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so this is something that I looked at, right? When you spoke about it and you talk about it being in Kenya, I was actually thinking like, oh, maybe that the it was like, you know, a Kenyan point of view of an alien invasion, but I'm looking at the trailer now. I'm realizing that this guy is the main character in this thing is white, and the main act, the main lady in it is white. Okay, they do meet sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's that's just sort of like taking this down a couple of pegs in my head because I, I feel like I know what this film is going to be. The the Kenyan characters are just going to be like in the background there to is even in the just to be incinerated by aliens, while it's really yeah they it's really all about yeah, this white guy in the middle of Africa. Yeah. They appear, you get invested in them, and then they get killed or something. Yeah. They disappear. Yeah, yeah. They don't, they're not, yeah. So I would say, oh, oh. can I be generous and give it a two? Oh, generous and give it a two. Okay, okay. No, wait, do, you, do you want to be generous? It's up to you. If you don't want to be generous and you want to be truthful, go. go. I'll, give it, I'll give it a two because it, um, it tries. It, it there tries. is a beginning, a middle, and an end. <coughs> so hey, it does its job in a t- in a really t- tedious, dragged out sort of way. Tedious, tedious. So I I'd give it a two. I don't think. A two. Oh good, I don't think I've ever heard you sound as a, sound as unenthusiastic un- about anything. <laughs> I don't. I, honestly, I, I, this I, this is. I'm talking. I'm even talking about somebody dragging you along to see an animated movie. You sound. Way more enthusiastic, way less enthusiastic than <laughs> that. Oh, good Lord, this is bad. But I, I was hoping yeah. that it was going to be a bit like, um, you know how, Sean, when you saw The one, uh, the Wandering Earth? And it, yeah. it was, and I was like, well, this is, the, this is the Chinese people saying, well, we too can make a mediocre middle of the road movie, only yeah. that this time we're going to put Chinese people in the center of it. And when you started speaking about revolt, I was hoping that this was going to be like, well, we're going to make a Kenyan movie. No. It's going to be mediocre. We're going to put Kenyan people in the center of it. But no. It's same no. old. I would say, watch the trailer because probably the best bits are in the trailer. <laughs> the, the, and then you can save yourself an hour and a half. I, I'm looking at the. I'm looking. <laughs> you know those. You know those sort of silent trailers that Netflix plays before you actually see a film. Yeah. Um, is uh, I'm looking at one of those now, and it looks like a sci-fi movie. 
like you know what i yes. mean like a sci-fi channel like one of those cheap knockoff sci-fi channel movies yeah yeah that's it they do the movies that's like cgi you know with yeah. Like yeah. The explosions you can actually tell like oh yeah yeah that there. that you was know. in a computer but let's put let's put a donk on it yeah <laughs> so i would yes i don't need to spend much longer on this i had it's had enough of my time this film Hey. So I would give it a yes. I'd, I'd be generous and give it a two. Ooh, although they have a truck in the back that has "You'll Never Walk Alone" written on the back of it, so maybe a Liverpool mm-hmm. fan yeah. made this film. But never mind. It might be yeah. They just could be start singing their way into <laughs> oblivion. But yes, that's that's that one done, and I never think of that film ever again. Okay. <laughs> all, all right. Okay. Now the, uh, now we're going to talk about book smart. As I said, I'm going to speak to Peter Jenkins, friend of the show. And we're going to go a bit more in-depth into Booksmart. Um, so I'm not going to say that much now about it. But this is a film that I think it's, it's getting a lot of buzz because a comedy. And this film is, in a way, it's kind of like... Did, did you ever see a film called Superbad? No. I've not seen it, no. You haven't seen Superbad? So it, I haven't seen Superbad, but that's got all like the, the Seth Rogen and all those lines. It, it, this one, I think so. Yeah, it, it, it does. It has, it's Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, the main characters. Mm. It has Christopher Mintz-Plast, and it's a place where it's called McLovin. And I feel like this film, this film has, it, it has a lot of similarities to Superbad. It's like at the end of high school, it's, it's getting towards the end of high school, and people are trying to go to a party. Only that this time around, it's about two girls. I guess you could still call them girls, young women, whatever it is you want to call them. They're, prob- they're finishing high school, so they're probably around about 18. And it's all about them realizing that they've gone through their entire high school thing and nobody realizing that they're fun because they've all been about, we've got to get the good grades, got to get into Ivy League schools, all that kind of stuff. And then they find out that everybody else who went and partied and did all this stuff got into the exact same schools that they did anyway. So, so they're like, what? So what, what did we sacrifice for this whole four years? And it's, but I think it, it has, it, to me, I, I feel that there was at some point when this one was being developed, somebody sat in a room and went, what if we turned the two main characters of Superbad into, fem- into women? What would that be like? I'm, I, I, I'm dead certain that that, would, that happened and there was a point at which this film got developed into that. It has loftier ideas on its mind, like the way it portrays its women. And, like, and nowadays, I mean, ever since the Me Too movement, you know, whenever a film comes out and it has a woman in the lead or a couple of women in the lead, it's never really just about the film. It's not about the story they're trying to tell you. It's about the wider conversation and it's about whether, where we are in the world right now. And it's about the place of women and how women are seen and all that kind of stuff. And so I think a lot of the buzz around this film is the fact that, oh my God, we've got women in the lead roles. Yay! We're looking at the point of view from a, from a point of view of a young woman. And it's it's a good film. I'll give it I'll give it a good film. I don't think it is as great as everybody's raving about it. Uh, but then again, Peter said Peter said that this is one of the biggest films, uh, one of his best films of the year. So I'm going to have a good conversation with him about it and see why he thinks it's so good. Because I well, I should I, should, I I've made a point that I want to see this one. So yeah. I'll, I'll go and see this one. Yeah, and then I, I can give you my thoughts. Yeah, you Maybe can. I'll go see it with Sharon next week. Do you yeah. fancy going to see it next week? I don't know if it appeals to me, to be honest. Oh, right, you. okay, fair enough. I, think it's, I, think it's... But I, don't, want to, I don't want to shoot you down, but <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I, I'm one of these... I, you know, I, I went to see Rocket Man. I didn't want to see that, and it wasn't that bad, so I might be prepared to. No, it's, I think it's, I would still give it a four out of five. I'll still give it a four out I'm of just five. Looking at some, I'm still looking at some reviews, and it, there's, there's so many... I mean, I know you said it was good, but it looks like the majority of them... There's a five, a six, a one, a two. <laughs> Don't waste well, your money. Well, out of ten. So, 
Awful, awful. Worst film of the summer. Yeah, this is what Su- I am. Super bad okay, for the new generation. See, see, I kind of feel sorry for the new generation. Okay, you see, so. no, no, sure, sure. This is the thing. If you're looking at general public reviews, I have stopped looking at those whenever there's a film. Yeah, well, I, I don't normally. I yeah. don't. I don't. That's what I, I mean, I was with the Godzilla. I just said it was like a moratorium, it, yeah. and yeah. I didn't even read any reviews. I, I never do before I see a film. Yeah, so, I, but I have with this one. So yeah. Yeah, but then it's like in the, the the my problem is especially when there's when a film has women in the lead role, there's a whole bunch of quite frankly I think idiots out there who just decide to hate the fact that it has put women in the in the, in the spotlight. So when it comes to and and I've seen all sorts of stuff we had uh, with with all sorts of films and it's uh, in, on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So I I tend to ignore all those sort of things. I tend to. I, I think this this is the kind of film where I would go more with what the critics say than what random person in the street says because they usually they'll, they'll tell you it's bad and they hate it but they can't tell you why. So I don't think it's as great as everybody's talking about. I think it is quite funny. I think it is. But well, you've given it four stars, so you must you must rate it quite high. I I rate it I rate it yeah. I rate it high with reservations. If you get what I mean. You, okay. You know how it is yeah. when you see yeah. a film and you, you watch it from and you go, okay, yeah, I can see that that's a good film. I can see that's a good film. I can see what they're going for. Not everything works for me, but it, it's, it's. I mean, if we we're allowed to give half points, I'll probably say a three and a half. Okay. I was probably say that because I don't think it's just average good. I think it's better than that. I think that there's some there's some angles that it brings to it that are better, but I don't I don't think it's. But anyway, I'll give it four. I'll chat more about okay. that. Okay. All right. Hello, Pete. Yo. Yeah, that's a bit better, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is better. That is better. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, doing well, doing well, doing well. How are you keeping up with the film watching world and all that? Yeah, yeah, we went, we've been a few times. Obviously, um, we saw Detective Pikachu the other day. Uh, you know, I've had have that on my list. I was like, uh, that fell through a crack, and I want to see that before I get, leave cinemas. Yeah, that's it. I think you, well, you probably might have to go and, well, might have to go and see it this week because obviously where it's still half term, it's still on. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, I think next week it'll probably disappear. I suspect with Aladdin probably sort of taking over its yep. slot, you know. Yep. So, yep, yep. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's proper sort of kids at the afternoon stuff. <laughs> and you know what? I sometimes think that. Well, when I look back on my childhood, I look at some of the kids stuff, and I think I think that was some of the best written stuff I ever watched. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that this can sort of tap into that because I remember the original Pokemon cartoon, and I actually thought, you know what, that isn't half bad. It really, really is. It's one of the few shows that I watched when I thought this actually gets close yeah. to what I used to watch when I was a kid. Yeah. I was I was more into Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh yes. <laughs> you remember that Yu-Gi-Oh? I remember that. I remember that. I always thought. Well, thing is, I, I was never really into any one of them, but I always found I found out about Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. after after found out about Pokemon. And I thought it was just a. I was like, isn't this just a Pokemon ripoff? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was just—it was just one of those shows. Weirdly enough, I just used to watch on a Saturday morning. Yeah, just used to be on. I used to watch it and yeah, kind of got into it a bit. It's kind of weird. And it just made it made everything seem like it was all right with the world. Yeah, exactly. It was very um, non-offensive, and you know what I mean. And everyone yeah. sort of like got along with each other in the end, and everything. So yeah, it was very. <laughs> very safe yeah all right cool but we are calling because you are a friend of the show you are a friend of netflix cinema 
you have shown up on on some on at least one of our previous shows when we recorded in the cinema, when we, when we did like a yeah. sort of live show and all that. And this is because I think a couple of weeks ago we reviewed uh, eighth grade and we put up something about eighth grade. Oh, I think we we're talking about how. Oh yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned on that you said, "Oh, eighth grade is a brilliant film," and you said eighth grade yeah. and Booksmart, uh, some of, like you know probably some of your best films of this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. and Longshot as well. Yes, you know I mean, Longshot. It's been shot, a great yes. sort of few weeks for comedy in in general, really. Yep. Uh, and so you said that, and so I thought, okay, cool. Let's get somebody because I know Big Smart at the moment is having one of those is one of those films that's just getting like you know rave reviews across the board, and everybody's like, oh my god, you got to go see this, you got to go see this, and then because you're the you're someone I know who's actually seen it. I guess you saw a preview screening or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they had an unlimited screening a, a few weeks back and everything, and since then I've been telling everyone to go and see it. Okay, all right, cool. So now. So I'm, I'm funny because I wanted to get you to come in and just sort of tell us, okay, Booksmart, why for you is Booksmart so good? Because we've, we've on the regular show, we've said a little bit, I've given it a little bit of a synopsis about the film. But for you, why do you think it's so good? You know what? It really reminded me of the films that I sort of grew up watching. Okay. You know, like Breakfast Club, first, all the sort of John Hughesy type films and everything. And then obviously, you know, the one film it's been compared with more than anything is uh, Superbad. It's yes. like they're calling it sort of Superbad for girls. But it's just, it's so much more than that, you know, because they don't rag on anyone or anything like that. It's just that everyone has their place in the film. It's like really LGBT friendly and everything. And it's, it's got a bit of everything in. It's got really gross out humour and some of it, I mean, I mean, they were in the cinema near enough crying you know, because it's so hilarious but then it's got some quite nuanced humor and all these different things you know and then really gross out stuff it, you know i mean it has a bit of everything and it just really took me back to to my sort of teenage years and everything you know what mm -hmm. type of movies all right okay it's because that is i think i'm i think i'm um, less raving and uh, about it like you know how everybody it seems like the whole country like everyone's like oh my god five stars five stars five stars i'm less yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm less like that on so that's why i really want to have a chat with you because i wanted to say okay tell me if there's something that i'm missing here because the fr right from the word go when the film was announced and when i saw the first trailer i did think this kind of looks like super bad but with females in the in the lead role it, it and i agree with you that it is a little bit more like that like because i can't remember super bad that well but i think their main in Superbad, their main um, effort or their main driving force is that they want to go to a party, get drunk, and meet girls. Yeah. If I if I remember that that is their main thing before they leave yeah, high yeah, school. Yeah, that's, pretty much, that's it? It, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But in this one, I think that the motivation is 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 as you said, it's more nuanced. Is the fact that they've worked really really hard to get into all these yeah. top universities, these Ivy League universities, and they find out that all the people who partied and didn't deny themselves all these things got into the same universities anyway. And so they're like, what? And so, they, they're, so they're pretty much trying to cram all the fun that they should have been having over all these years into one night before they graduate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they don't know how to do it. You yeah, know, that they is spent true. Sort they... of four years at high school sort of, you know, heading the books and everything while everyone else was doing their thing. Yeah. So, you know, night, like you said, trying to cram everything. But they, they, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, because they've spent so much time with each other 
that you know, it's like they they kind of forget there's other people out there. There's you know, what do we do when we go to this party? How do we interact with people? What what's going on, sort of thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, like I said, I, I just you know, it's a it's a classic sort of coming of age comedy. Yep. You know, and you you don't get them so much. So, well, you know, obviously, like um, eighth grade, it is a coming of age comedy. All right, for a, a sort of like bit of a younger sort of uh, set sort of thing there, because like obviously she's what only sort of like fourteen. Yeah. You know, these these kids are sort of high school, just got off got off to college. So they're sort of like seventeen, sort of thing. Yep. Eighteen. So they can talk about it's a little bit, uh, quite a bit more adult than eighth grade. I actually say a lot more adult than eighth grade, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, so, okay, there's a couple of things I want to run by you about this about this film yeah. that, uh, that it kind of got me because you said, I've talked about it being LGBT, I guess, Q. And now I've started seeing that sometimes people have been putting LGBTQI and I do not know what the I stands for. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have a clue what the I stands for, and yeah. it's um, friendly. But it seems like almost that they were making this film to begin with. I feel like they were pushing it very hard in that direction. Like I, we know the first time when you get introduced to the high school. So you first of all you meet the girls Molly and Amy, and then they on the they go to school on the final day of school before their graduation. And you get introduced to like you know the whole high school thing. You get to see the jocks. You get to see the drama kids. Yeah. You get to see all that kind of stuff. And there was a point at which I I was actually watching the film going, hang on a second, is anybody in this film normal? Before I realized that that was a very very bad choice of words. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I, yeah, know, yeah. I know what you're yeah, saying. But but... It, it's it's like it's like every single character in the film has a thing. Uh, every single character a in quirk. this school yeah. has a has a quirk or has a thing to them yeah. and it seems as if they were they were taking like you know the rep like somebody can't just be black they've got to be black gay and a theater person someone just can't, someone just can't be like oh oh someone just can't be can't be a jock they've got to be a jock and they've got to be the class president and have like different layers to them and um and it felt like it was in some ways it was almost like trying to be a a reaction to a lot of the high school movies that you've seen in the past where there's like it's like okay we're not we're not going to give you a character that's just like you know your stereotype we're not going to give you an archetype where and they were trying really really hard to make sure that you had characters that were that had different things going on but it was just it just kind of like for me that bit of bit I was like hang on a second this this feels like a bit like a fantasy land where is the person who's just getting their head and are trying to get on with it. Well, I don't know about you, Tozin, but yeah. I haven't been to school for over 25 years. <laughs> so who's to say that high school in America isn't like that now anyway? Oh, okay, good point. You know, maybe, maybe that's how it is now, you know. So everyone's a little bit different. Everyone expresses themselves a little bit more than they used to. Um, you know, things like that. Obviously, with the, the high school shootings and stuff like that, maybe a little bit people are more tolerant about other people. So then those other people, instead of having to suppress everything, they can actually feel like they can be more themselves, mm, mm. you know, and by, by that, you know, and it makes it, you know, a little bit more diverse and everything. But that's, I thought that was one of the cool things about the film. Okay. Is that because you had quite a lot of diverse, different characters, they all their own quirks, so a bit weird, a bit strange and everything, it actually made the two lead characters in it more normal yes <laughs> but they weren't normal because though, they were actually normal. the weird characters because yeah. they weren't the people that were doing all this crazy 
and everything, that actually they were the outsiders in all of it, even yeah. though they were pretty, the, the, the kind of sort of straight people, pardon the pun sort of thing. Yeah. They yeah. were kind of the straight people in the film. Yeah. So it kind of worked. I thought that actually worked really well because they're all of a sudden like, oh, hold on. We're the weird kids now. Mm. You know, we're trying to interact with all these people that we've been saying a, a bunch of weirdos, you know, and we yeah. don't really want to be involved with and for like the last four years. Them. We just want to concentrate what we're doing. Yeah. But actually, we're the weirdos. Yeah, yeah, you I know, guess. So I think that played out quite well, I think. Well, I guess, I guess, actually, now that you mentioned it, because like, I think it's something that played up in eighth grade as well, how everybody is essentially in high school, everybody's trying to brand themselves. And everybody's trying to yeah. sort of like say, this is who I am. I'm the person that does this, the other person who does that. And it, it um, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. I haven't, I haven't hung out with teenagers for a while, so things might have changed. But, I, but yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. But I, mean, well, I, think it's, I think it's the sort of film, though, I think you could watch maybe two, three, four times. I think you'd still laugh at all the really gross-out funny bits, but I think you'd find uh, uh, extra layers within the film as you watched it. Mm -hmm. You know, because obviously when you first watch it, obviously you, you kind of get a bit overwhelmed, I think, by, by all the humour and the weirdness and the quirkiness and everything. But I think if you, you watch it again, and obviously I'm, I'm kind of desperate to watch it again, to be honest with you, <laughs> um, it, you know, that... <coughs> You know, you probably get a little bit more out of it. Yeah. Well, is, I guess I should actually, because I was the person who didn't have any fun and then just tried to work really hard and get into all that yeah. kind of stuff. I never went to a party when I was in. No, I never went to a party when I was in high school. So yeah. it's. So I'm guessing I should I should uh, identify with it a little bit more. But uh, but. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So now at the moment, there's a lot of people that, uh, because you mentioned how it's a great year for comedy. You mentioned eighth grade, you mentioned long shot, you mentioned book smart. And one thing, a very superficial thing that links all these films is that the lead characters are all female. And oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And something that we've been talking about is that the, there seems to be ever since the me too thing, all of a sudden you've seen a lot more films that are led that female led. And, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, and there seems to be, uh, 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 and unfortunately, a very, very predictable backlash to this on social media and all bunch of people who had decided to hate these films, seemingly, <laughs> seemingly on the point of view that these are women yeah. in it. But you're okay. You're a man, obviously. You're a man who you're finding some identifying yeah. a lot with this film. Last time I checked in the mirror. <laughs> Last time you checked, I think that's what your wife keeps telling you. Yeah. Say hi to her, by the way. I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so yeah. Um, and uh, you found something to identify in it, but but was there? Obviously, we we spoke about Superbad, and unfortunately, the comparison with Superbad is very very. I think it's it's quite there. It's quite obvious, especially because the person yeah, yeah. The person who plays Molly Beanie Feldstein is Jonah Hill's yeah. sister. Yeah, sister, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you, you see that as well. You, see you can it. actually see it when you watch it. Yeah. You're kind of like, what, what's she been in before? What, what, I've, I've, I must have seen her in something else. <laughs> and I actually looked her up afterwards. I hadn't seen her in anything. But then, then when it came up as Jonah Hill's sister, I'm right. Yeah, yeah. The, total the... sense now where the familiarity comes from because her mannerisms and the way she talks and everything is very, very similar. Yeah. It's kind of weird. There's even, there's even certain angles from which you look at the face and you see Jonah Hill. 
You see, you can see in the eyes, yeah, around the eyes and stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, you can see the resemblance with Jonah Hill. So it, it is. Uh, I saw her in Lady Bird. She was good in Lady Bird, but it's almost as if this film was taking her character in Lady Bird and pushing her to the center, as opposed to being the best yeah. friend. And uh, so from this, was there anything that you saw on a on a, on this film that you thought, oh, I haven't seen that before? Because that's kind of like you know, obviously it's directed by Olivia Wilde, and it's like a feminine take on the high school thing. Or did you just think, or, or uh, did it bring anything new to you as well, I'm trying to ask? If you know, from, from my point of view, I, I don't really go into any film and, and, and go in with any sort of prejudice or anything like that. I love, I love films. So every film has its place. Every genre has its place. Yep. There's certain genres I'm not as keen on as others. You know what I mean? I always remember watching sort of Barry Norman back in the day on yes, the film, yes. you know, whatever it was back in the day. Yeah. And um, he used to hate horror films. As, as, a, as a review, he hated horror films. So when you've got a horror film on there that was actually a really great horror film, it just diss it because yeah. he doesn't like horror films rather than taking it as it is. Yeah. And I'm very much a sort of person that will take each film as it comes. So it, it doesn't bother me so much that, hey, it's an all-women thing, it's directed by a woman, written by women and everything. It doesn't matter. If it's a good film, it's a good film. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does, doesn't bother me one one little bit sort of thing. You know, so, you know, for me, like I said, it it, it kind of like gave a really good sort of diverse, diverse in the characters and everything. All right, you've got guys, girls, gays, all sorts in it, you know? So, you know, that's just probably life, these days you know so just just let it roll over you and, and go with it you know yeah yeah i mean i think uh, i think there there are i agree with you on that like well they are but there's this whole thing when you go into psychology of it and people start people throw a word bandy a word rounds like the male gaze and all that kind of stuff and there there are things where i feel like this come from a different angle that i i don't think of but before like i love the scene where they go into a car and they try and like you know they try and get information out of the car the driver of the car. <laughs> yeah, with the hair mask. Yeah, with with the hair masks. With the hair masks. I, I, so I, funny. I actually, I think that scene is actually really really funny because it's just yeah. kind of like it's sort of like the offbeat way it, it goes on about the it goes on about the dangers of living yeah. in somewhere like Los Angeles nowadays. I, I actually really really love the way it goes about that. And um, and there's all these sort of little bits that that you know go off. There's a little bit with that character where they do later on in the film that I was like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that kind of lessens it a bit for me. But um, but generally speaking, I mean, I mean, I gave the film four stars. I mean, I did. I as I said, I'm not as I'm not as euphoric or as evangelical about the film as like let's say maybe you are. But yeah. uh, but I I did think it was a good film. But how many stars would you give it? Five stars all the way. Comedy is probably one of the most difficult genres yep. you can write, make and direct and act in and everything like that because you watch some comedies that miss the mark so badly that they're horrendous. Yeah. You'll have other comedies that are just really bland where it's just... A, and a lot of American comedies are like this where it's basically just a one joke. Yep that really isn't a 15-minute SNL sketch that yeah. they go for an hour and a half. Yeah. And, and it's it's just so boring. But then every now and then you will get a film that is genuinely funny. And I don't know how these guys write these films. To be able to make a film that's, that's intentionally funny, 
from minute one all the way through to like hour and a half, hour 40, I think is is incredible. Yeah. You know, I think it's just so, so good. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I felt the same with Longshot. Not as much as Booksmart. I love Longshot. I did. I, 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 I like, really, really I like Longshot. Like, yeah, I thought Longshot was yeah, really good. I like Seth Rogen, love Charlie Theron. You know what I mean? And, and it, it's a, it's a, that's a film that shouldn't have worked. But it just did. Because <laughs> the leads are just so likeable. <laughs> and the writing was so good. Yeah. That you believed everything that actually happened in that film. Yeah. Whereas you know, Booksmart you could argue is maybe a little bit more unbelievable, but I think that's kind of part of its charm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are there are a little bit of, there's a few bits of it where, like, there's a teacher, there's a teacher character in Booksmart, and I think, like, what they do with the teacher character is very kind of, like, it feels like one of those SNL improvisational sketches that doesn't really go anywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, but generally speaking, uh, generally speaking, I, I think it, it is a well-put-together film, and it's really, really impressive that it's the first-time director. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? She's she'll have a glittering, you know, directorial career if she can sort of go on from this sort of thing. You know, because I think the the film showed a lot of flair. Um, you know, in the way it was made, uh, the 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 directing, everything about it, I think, is really, really spot on, really sharp. All right, cool. Well, Pete, thanks so much for coming on the show again. No worries, dude. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Say uh, say hi to Holly for me. Will do. Uh-huh. I will do. All right, mate. You take uh-huh. it easy. All right. Yeah, say to you, man. Bye. Take care. Bye. You guys go see it and tell me next week, and then we'll move on. We move back to Netflix and we talk about the domestics. So, Sean, tell us about the domestics. Domestics, yeah. <laughs> the domestics. Okay. This is. Um... This is a 2018 Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. And it's just basically this sort of a post-apocalyptic world. And um, there's this husband and wife, people that there's like gangs form up. So it's a bit like Mad Max, you know, okay. like there's there's gangs. And uh, they've all got different names. You know, they have different names, these gangs. But there's one, the domestics are people that want life to be the same as it was already. So they're just sort of normal people. Yeah. And this is a story about a couple that decide they're obviously having their problems, but they, they decide they're going to got to take a road trip because they want to go and see some other relatives. So obviously they got like this road movie and, and they have to meet up with all these gangs that want to capture them and kill them and do nasty things to them and all that. So it's basically a road movie uh, with, so cross between, what should we say? Cross between uh, definitely Mad Maxi style because, you know, some of the gangs have got, like stags heads and other masks. ones have got like masks they're all masked up and stuff like that and they all turn up at the right times and they it all... makes you wonder how they have the time to be so creative well, when they're <laughs> it really in an really does you know so anyway they got this and they get into certain situations in different areas and they get out of situations different areas and this goes and there's a couple of surprises and a couple of shocks and twists and turns around the way so yeah a bit like the warriors I thought it was going yeah, to be. Yeah, uh, I was. I was thinking the Warriors when you started talking about it. We talk about all the different back gangs and people having to get across from one place to another. Yeah, it's it's, it's sort of uh, sort of I would say it's a cross between Mad Max and the Warriors. So if you could combine the two, yeah. But where they have to travel from what to co- territory to territory? Uh, yeah, it's just just traveling across country yeah. really. So, but the gangs have sort of taken over, you know. Yeah, they like, have their like with um. 
warriors, they as they travel across New York, they, right, they yeah, enter the get the, the gang the turf, gang. don't they? Yeah. And they they meet these different gangs. But this was no warriors. Yeah. No this, warriors. Was, this was no warriors. I've warriors. had a I've had a real bad week, yeah. I know, this week. I've been, I've been totally I've been let down on all fronts. I, I suppose just because I've had some good weeks. So um, I guess that the whole thing is is probably you know, that, that's a shame because. That's a shame because this actually has a good cast. It's got Kate Boswell. Yeah, no, it. it's, 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 it's got a great cast. I'm not, I'm not saying it's horrendously, uh, you know, horrendous. It's just no, it's just no Warriors or no Mad Max, really. All right. Um, so it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's okay. I, I mean, I watched it all the way through the start, so I didn't get, and I, no. I didn't get too angry in it. I didn't get angry. Didn't feel I, the need to I didn't feel the need. For no, 10 no. Or so I mean, you know, there was. Uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit of action, but there was nothing that I could really say. You know, I mean, there was a lot of luck involved, obviously, yeah. but there wasn't anything that I would think. Well, that's bloody stupid. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in some things, like like in Godzilla, where what? That's stupid. You know, Game of Thrones. <laughs> what? That's stupid. You know? Yeah. Oh, so so yeah. So I mean, I suppose to be fair, it wasn't. You know, I didn't hate it. I didn't. So it's it's pretty average. So I suppose probably a, probably a three star on this one. All right, Probably cool. Three, a three, star. Okay. three star. Three yeah. star. All right, cool. Um, somehow we've managed to rush through those and get the, this just on time. And we just about have cool. enough time left to tell you that this week, this week, uh, the winner in, in what I think we've all decided was not, uh, this wasn't a vintage week. This wasn't a great week. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't a great week. I think, I think uh, Sean, Sean, you, uh, yeah. Yeah, you you had issues with almost everything you saw. <laughs> I did this week. Yeah, sorts of sorts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it was a total disappointment. Actually, I also ran super bad. Were better than I know, our, yeah, I know. That's the right. main features. That, that's what I was just about to say. The, the also rads that we we mentioned at the beginning of the show were better than the main things that we put forward. So <laughs> so so make of that what yeah, you the will. The B reel was like mm. hey, beat the A reel. <laughs> Maybe we just like to complain about stuff. So we decided, yeah, you know absolutely. what? I'm going to put the stuff that I'm going to, or maybe, maybe actually, I think we're we're performing a public service here. We're telling people the things to not waste their time with. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, from the official things, not including our also rands, I the winner this week is. What do you guys think it is? What do you guys think it is? What do you guys said? I think it's probably Netflix. Oh. Oh, the winner this the winner this week is cinema. A cinema, is it? Yeah, wow, by okay. about, about, about that, must be that big. It's that big four star for that. Um, I think it's probably the four one. star. Is the four star I gave Booksmart, but even if I gave it a three, cinema would still have come out ahead. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's that's good. That's good news anyway. Yeah. Good news. I'm always that's always good. I, 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 it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's good to you know. But I mean, I'm pleased with cinema. Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, I'm going to try probably probably watch more Netflix exclusives and maybe some series, try and catch up with some series because I do seem to, to like those and they're easy to sort yeah. of watch for half an hour. You know, if they're only on for half an hour, so you can watch one and you can always go back to them. So, yeah. as I say, say the, the yeah, two. Yeah, I normally have to sort of clear an evening in syndicate. So I will watch a Netflix film because I tend to be a bit... Um, well, I record a lot of stuff to watch. I'm rarely in, so I tend to record everything to watch off the television. So I sometimes sit down and think, okay, I better catch up on my television watching. Yeah. So okay. I'll have to get some Netflix watching in. Oh, I'll tell you what, Sean. I'll tell you what, Sean. Um, okay, Go. in addition to, okay, we said we're going to try and watch Ali's wedding for, for next yeah. week. Just yes, be- because, because they go in touch with us on, on Twitter. So we're, we're going to try and watch that. But also, we we'll try and watch that, yeah. yeah. But Sean, there's a film called The Bad Batch. 
on Netflix. Oh, right. Which was... Is that, yeah? Yeah, and this film was raved about. It was like on the blacklist and all that kind of stuff. And I know that it was one of those films that got bashed about and was supposed to be released in cinemas and it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Then it eventually showed up on Netflix. And I think it might be up your... It might be up your alley. Oh, right. Okay. It's very... Okay, I might try and check that one out. Yeah, it's on on Netflix, is it? It's on Netflix, yeah. It's very very Mad Max influenced, very sort of like grindhousey. It's very sort of like... You can see the 70s influence on the film just by looking at the trailer. Uh, but Ooh. yeah, but I, I think it could be up your alley. But and if it's is absolutely terrible, I apologize in advance. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. If, if, cool. if I'm just sending you to we'll go watch another Godzilla King of Monsters, I apologize in advance. But <laughs> all there's left to do is to say uh, goodbye from me. Yeah, and goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we yeah. we will see you guys next week when we hopefully we'll be talking Ali's wedding. 